You're listening to Real Duchess Mom Podcast here on your favorite streaming station. Welcome to Real Duchess Mom Podcast. I'm Real Duchess Mom. That was Ebb and Flow by Diana Page from her album Love Will Find a Way from 2004. That's me. That's me, Diana Page. Diana Page Cohen, your Real Duchess Mom. And here's a little taste of something very different. So I have done voiceovers my whole life, and that was my NPR, you know, classical music radio voice. I never actually got to do that voice. I did all little kid commercials. I did um, the announcer voice. So when I was little, I did the actual little kid. But as I got older, I did the same style commercials, but I became like the mother voice or the announcer voice, and I'm going to give you a little taste right here, if I can find it. Uh, so just one little taste, as different from this voice, different from welcome, is, okay, so this is, I used to, I did a lot of Paw Patrol, and I'm sure if you are a parent, you definitely know what it is, and if you're a young child, you definitely know what that is, Paw Patrol. So actually, don't. I'm actually not quite even sure what they are. It's funny doing commercials and doing so many toys I never one time I don't even think even once received the actual toy of the commercial I was doing I remember my dad came home one day with like a Ronald McDonald doll from some client but that's really that's kind of sad um so here's my Paw Patrol Paw Patrol Mighty Pups themed vehicles each sold separately tower not included okay very very different from my regular speaking voice i've done that for many years i've said each sold separately batteries not included each sold separately batteries not included i've had to say it fast fast and faster thousands maybe hundreds of thousands of times have i said that line so that's a little taste in my other career as a voiceover artist singing on commercials and what i think is funny is I since I started posting again, just being on social media at all since October of 2023, and now is Jan and today is January of 2024, so a very short time. Since I started posting, I've been singing. I've been posting and just doing some cover songs, like what I see other kids doing. And what's been so beautiful about that is I've been singing for since I was born I mean I've been singing but I never really put myself out there and so this is just such a new experience to even sing and have other people see me sing I mean I've certainly had people you know I've, I've performed I've done a lot of performing not a not a lot actually I mean considering my whole career mostly in the studio but I'm kind of putting myself out there and I'm so sincere and I'm singing and it's, you know, I'm singing some cover songs or whatever's in my mind that day. And I'm practicing my guitar. I'm not really a guitar player, but I can play and I'm getting better. And this has been my motivation to actually play guitar and play piano and sing. But of all my posts, the one that got the most traction was me recording myself doing a voiceover for a headphone company. It just, <laughs> which... I was like that is just so funny people really really want to see that and I could and I can see why so like here's little me 
vulnerable singing my heart out and people really just want to watch me do a voiceover. So that's why I gave you that little uh, tidbit of, which is great. And I absolutely love that too. And that is absolutely part of my personality. So here I am just experimenting with what's working. Let's talk about audience. Who is my audience? I don't know. And here's where we can get into like, you know, those, those trippy things where it goes into like a geometric pattern and then it keeps going and going on forever and ever and ever. It's like, now I'm doing a podcast, I'm doing a podcast, I'm doing a podcast, I'm doing a podcast. So I don't want to get into that, but it's trippy, trippy. Um, But who is my audience? So my audience is my mom and my husband. And I did get, uh, and I just want to give a shout out to a Christy BKNYC from Instagram. Now, my friend Caroline, who is an influencer, when I announced I was doing a podcast on Instagram, she did repost it on her story. So inevitably, people are going to come check me out. So I am so grateful for that. And I hope that through that, I have some new people who can resonate with me and what I'm talking about or in addition, give me feedback. So I did get one feedback from Christy, who is 64, and said, thank you so much for the podcast. It was really inspirational because she doesn't know what she wants to do at 64. So when I'm thinking of who is my audience, I don't know who my audience really is or could be. So it's difficult to say what to speak about. But even just based on Christy's feedback who's older and is starting something new I feel like I can contribute to that because I've done I have pivoted this is my second like huge pivot but my first pivot was the school and I can talk a little bit about that I mean it's such it's so in-depth and it's such a long story but I can give you a few obstacles that I had to overcome to get what I needed to get done so when you're starting something new, number one, you have a need, or where does the idea even come from? Generally, it will come from some kind of need that you have. And in the case of the school, it was I have a daughter who I want a particular type of education for. And there's none of that education within driving distance from where I live. And that was the inspiration. It was quite simple. I mean, it really was as simple as I didn't want to drive 45 minutes to the school that I really wanted her to go to. So it comes out of a need. And then I just decided, well, I'm going to do it and I'm going to figure it out. So I figured it out. And, you know, how, how did I start? I, I did a Google search. I Google searched how to start a school. I mean, that's honestly what I did. So I didn't want to drive. So I didn't know what I actually wanted, but I definitely know what I didn't want, which was to drive, which created the space to say, okay, well, this is what I do want and no one else is going to do it. So I'm going to do it. And of course, when you're doing something for your children, there's like a definitely a larger purpose. So it's not like for me, for sure, anything to do with anything ego oriented. And now in retrospect, knowing how much work it was, And what I went through, I mean, if I know, if I had known that before, I wouldn't have done it. So it's, 
maybe in certain circumstances, it's better just not to know and just go do. And I guess this is how this is too, what I'm feeling right now. I don't know. I don't know. So with the school, I did the Google search. I found the type of education I wanted, which was Waldorf education. The The website said, start a play group. And in 10 years, you'll be able to start the, the actual school and have grades. Or you can start your actual real kindergarten. So I, I didn't think anything of it. I just did it. I started a play group. Um, the next year I hired our teacher to lead the play group and the next, and from that I said, okay, well, let's do this for real. Let's start a real school with, you know, with a license. My first obstacle was zoning. So you had to, you had to be, and again, these are, these are things when you go into a particular field, you have no idea what you're going to have to become an expert at. So I became a very expert at zoning nothing I ever ever thought about or knew before for sure became an expert in the zoning and I and I enjoyed it but what I had to do was in order to get a permit to do the school in this location that we wanted to you had to be a nonprofit. now I did want to be a nonprofit, but I wasn't going to get my 501c3 a nonprofit status in the time that I needed in order to start the school and I started to freak out I'm like we're not gonna they're not gonna approve us we're not gonna be able to get our nonprofit status in time to submit it to the town for them to approve us to do any of the work we need to do long story short I ended up and these are like this is sort of a story of how graces happen I mean this was a pure grace and I still don't know how I found this information or why I even knew to look for it I was sitting on my couch and my I knew I had to open the school in three months and I didn't get I didn't have the approval and somehow and I don't remember how something came up on my computer that said something about second amendment rights to associate and something in there made me click and it was talking about anyone can associate you can have an association and if you follow nonprofit rules you are a nonprofit association and i was like could that just be it i can just say that i'm an association and i make bylaws and have a board and then we're a nonprofit and that, yes, that was it. And what I realized is that a 501c3, which is the IRS designation for nonprofit for tax purposes, is not what a nonprofit is. So I drew up some papers. I probably still have them somewhere. And I made a nonprofit association. I handed it to the town and it was like, yep, check, checkbox. But in that moment where my entire world and I can feel it now and it's like when you're fainting you know when you faint and everything blacks out that was the feeling I had and there was like just the tiniest little pinhole of light and I just managed to get through that hole of light before being overwhelmed by the darkness that's that's what it was so that was my first experience with like some some darkness and the second experience 
that was just, I mean, it's so interesting to me to, to think about now. And I'm just telling these stories to say, like, you don't know what you don't know. And you don't know how you're going to act in those situations. So how can you really prepare? You have to be prepared to be adaptable, really, to be non-reactive, to be in the moment, to see what's in front of you and what's needed. So those are a lot of things I learned in those years and still. So I... I ended up getting a license through the state to do a daycare before I got the big charter for the school. And so we had our daycare license. And in that first year we started, we ended up starting a first grade. So funny that the recommendation to start a school is to incubate your community for 10 years and then start a school. So we're in one year, we're in year one, and now we're starting our first grade. But I needed to do the first grade under our daycare license. So these are, this is just logistics that I'm talking about. Until we got our, so for, so the, there's very, very specific instructions and protocols for getting a daycare license. I mean, imagine you're taking people's children like little children and imagine the regulations and the hoops you have to jump through in a government organization. And here's like little me musician like doing this. Um, but, you know, what was required was being able to have good relationships with people and being able to fill out forms. I mean, I really think those were the two qualities that you needed in this position. And I, I had those things. It wasn't anything more than that. And have and common sense. It was really just common sense. So we're opening our first grade, and we have an, an a room. We have an extra vacant room that we're going to put the first grade. And there's square footage. You can only put so many children per square foot in the space. So I measured it out, and we had you know we had our friends and our teacher, and we measured it out, and we could get six kids, and that's what we needed because there were six kids who wanted to come in the first grade. The inspector comes from the state. He measures the floor and he tells me, okay, you can have five kids in this room. And I said, oh, wait a minute. I, I measured and I'm sure it was six. And he said, no. And he showed me the math and I was like, oh, okay, well, it's, I mean, it's 5.8 kids. He's like, well, that's five. I was like, oh, what do you mean? I mean, can't you round up? He's like, nope. And I tried again to say well what do you mean and I I mean my heart literally dropped he said no and it was not even a discussion it was I could only have five kids but I needed six so I said well you're measuring the floor space but if you you know there's the baseboards if you just measure it on top of the baseboards it was like probably give you that extra inch that I need and he said nope it's floor space so I said so you're telling me if I take the baseboards off of the wall that I would get the space. And he's like, you do what you have to do. So he left. We took the baseboards off and he came back to measure. So imagine that this was like the just the beginning of the journey. And this is already what I'm dealing with. So he comes back. And again, he says, oh, no, it's still five. It's still under six. It was like, maybe now it was 5.9. And 
And I'm like, no, no, no. And I, I think I had calculated it. And it was like 6.2. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's definitely six. Here's the, here's the math. And he said, no, it's this, it's this. And I said, you know what? I think you're converting to inches too early in the process. This is the only thing I could think of. I'm like, I'm getting this number for sure. But I didn't want to piss him off or make him feel stupid or anything like that. And I had to stay so calm and just pleasant and say, hey, you know, I just, I'm doing the math here, but I'm coming in with this number. Do you think? Meanwhile, my fire was blazing inside of me and I was red and I just couldn't project it out. I had to just hold it inside because this is life or death here. Finally, he acquiesced and said, okay. He just kind of said, okay, okay, okay. And I was like, oh, phew. And my friend had been outside of the room listening. And she was just like, it was just so incredible how you kept your cool. And I was like, really? Because I did not feel cool whatsoever. So that's just another example of something that I didn't know. How would I know? How would I know this? So I'm learning now about zoning. I'm learning about licensing. I'm learning about nonprofit. All, all of this stuff. And of course, I got the most amazing support from the most amazing people in the community. Meaning when I say I doing stuff, I mean, clearly I had people around me who were helping. I had the, our teacher, our, we had a farmer. I had my husband helping with the finances. I mean, we had a, we had a beautiful team of people. Um, but just, uh, you know, as the sole kind of quote director, administrator, I was responsible. I was solely responsible for a lot of, for compliance, for compliance and making sure everything was running correctly, interfacing with parents. I mean, I'm thinking of social media right now and how people interact and how people get upset or people are trolling or people are haters or this or that. I mean, you have to filter that stuff out. But imagine... Imagine you're face to face with someone who is just spewing on you. I mean, imagine dealing with this kind of stuff face to face, which is what I dealt with a lot with parents. So I had to, again, I had to remain calm. Um, you know, I made mistakes. I made tons of mistakes. I mean, I have ruined relationships because I made the wrong decision and I can see that in retrospect but at the time I really didn't know I really from my sincere heart was trying to do the right thing so I think in any in any job or in any new venture it's like you have to you have to know how to make mistakes and how to overcome it and that's just reminding me about just the concept of making mistakes um so I'm doing this new job and John, the founder, asked me, you know, before I started posting, he says, well, you know, I'm doing this class and would you be interested in assisting? But what he really meant was just to moderate the chat and see if I could learn the system. But he said, hey, do you want to assist? I said, yeah, of course, you know, just tell me what you need me to do. So he sends me this document about what it means to be an assistant 
you know, just what I have to do. And when I read it, I just melted. I melted like all the, I mean, I feel like melted right now, just thinking about it. I feel like all the anxiety and everything you could feel about wanting to do well and not wanting to make mistakes, not wanting to say the wrong thing was just lifted up off of me when I read this. So I just want to read this to you. And I, I also want to share it because I feel that it's so important nowadays to be in this new vibration of what I would call kindness and caring. And I feel like so much of business is not that. And I, and I kind of see why, but maybe there's a new way to do stuff. And that's with, with caring about people and unity and really working it through. And I've had a lot of experience with close friends and my family about really committing to work it out, not running away, digging into yourself. So when I, when I read this to you, it's like, imagine if you could have a job where you were in alignment so much with what you were doing. It's like you're one. So I'll read this because I felt like, wow, this is so beautiful. Um, so, so here it is. For, for assistance. My teaching style is Montessori. Everyone, including students, is a teacher. Everyone has something to share. Monitoring the chat during class is about watching what people are asking and if there's something you want to contribute as an assistant teacher. I'm interested in discussion versus right answers and or coming to functional answers through discussion. If you say something, you are contributing and do not be concerned about right and wrong. Just contribute from your experience in sound healing. If a student says they did not agree with what you contributed, from my perspective, this is good. If you say something that contradicts or appears to contradict in some way what I am saying, good. Let, let me just stop there for a second because like how many bosses are going to say, if you contradict what I'm saying, then great. Let's like, let's go. I mean, that's, it's kind of mind boggling. So he says, if it appears, if you appear to contradict what I say, then good. The learning will be in the sorting out process and it will never be a matter of right and wrong. The main thing is to avoid power struggles and let students know that they have to, oh, let students know that they have to take your input and input from their life experience and input from other teachers and figure it out. If you're not sure about something, i.e. a procedure or a question that you would like to discuss with me, then email me. I will give you my understanding and it will also never be right or wrong and will require you to put it to the test. So this was beautiful. Now, I'm not saying that you want to be wrong when you're like doing engineering on a spaceship, but let's just say that that's not your job and that there's flexibility and you have to be a self-starter. I mean, so many businesses want to hire people who have initiative. So I'm thinking of this in terms of my um, school experience to wish, I wish I had been able to be more relaxed and enjoyed the process, but I was so tense 
and so scared in a way and reacting all the time. Um, you know, now in my kind of new state of awareness and having had more experience, I know more how to not react. And, and trust me, that's something I work on every day, like how to not react. And so also as a leader, I mean, you could have a job and have a boss and you're still a leader. I mean, everyone's their own leader. And how do you lead? Had I been more relaxed in this way and led in more of a way like, yeah, everything's a discussion. It's okay to make make mistakes. I was super, I mean, I was pretty hardcore. I think I was pretty uptight <laughs> in my job. But because I'm, I felt like I was reactive all the time. I was reacting and putting out, putting out fires, juggling balls. And if I had one thing to impart from that experience, just in terms of actually being in charge of a group of people, I would say I wish I had delegated more. So I wish I had trusted others more to do what they do well instead of trying to micromanage. I think that was probably my major takeaway. And, I, and I'm glad I just said that out loud now because I think I still do that. So those are just some very brief examples of my experience at the school. But uh, something else that comes to mind that I had to overcome is the neighbors. And this is a testament to establishing good relationships with people around you and your neighbors. They did not, I mean, there was a big piece of property there and there was a, a line of houses with neighbors and they actually all got together to go against the school to stop it from happening and this again like another shock like oh my gosh and I had I really wished that I had gone to them in the first place to let them know what I was doing I mean and I feel like this is an everyday lesson I wish that my husband would just let me know something or that my daughter would let me know and they sometimes come to me and say hey I would have reacted differently if you had just let me know something so it's really taking the time to share with the people you love or, you know, or doing business with or, or your actual neighbor to, hey, this is what I'm doing. Have a conversation. Um, and it's crazy nowadays, obviously, with texting and, you know, everyone has got ADD and multitasking. So I feel like is that is that art lost of slowing it down a little bit? So with the neighbors, they came together and there was one in particular that was really you know really upset and would show up at the town meetings and with her notebook writing things down you know ferociously and I'm like why you know why is she so upset because we were gonna have animals and I understand the concerns but what I was upset about it was there was never a conversation and I felt like okay maybe it was a little too late I should have done it before but I tried to then knowing that there was a concern go to them so I actually went up to this woman in one of the town meetings while they were talking about something else and I said hey I'm you know I kind of crouched down because I didn't want to disturb the audience I said hey I'm, I'm Diana from the school and she just reacted like I was attacking her and so I realized like this was not a person that really wanted to speak to me at all and I you know that affected me that affected me deeply so again it's just something I had to overcome and of course it ended up to be fine because we were obviously in compliance and we tried to be good neighbors 
but I think in any career or in your life, you're going to come across people or situations that you just don't understand and can't deal with it. And sometimes you're not welcome to communicate or to help. And I think those are the toughest situations where you want to help or you want to communicate or you want to make things right and you can't. So, and being able to, you know, take those things in and just transmute them and, and let them go. Um, so yeah, so those are just a couple of stories of my experience at the school and I can definitely share more as it, as it arises. Um, I always like to, if I'm telling a story, I like to kind of apply it to what we're talking about and purportedly this is my journey into this new world of social media. So we'll see where it goes. And please do, if you do listen to this, and maybe it's just my friends, and maybe it's just my husband, maybe it's just my mom, or maybe it's just my few Instagram followers. Oh, and by the way, I love that there was someone posting on a friend's Instagram page, and she said, oh, I hope it's okay to ask this question. I mean, I just have a few... 600 followers but I'm a granny influencer and I thought oh my gosh I just want to cry right now how cute is that to be a granny influencer who's you know I just I just love that so you know I I have some I'd say insecurity a little bit about adding value and it's silly but I mean it's not it's it's real because I think of when I'm teaching my class at Arizona State University I have a songwriting class and I think to myself I'm not attached to teaching I'm not I'm not attached to even doing the social media I just really really want to add value so where the insecurity comes in is am I adding value like when I think of why I'm doing this podcast is like I I want to add value am I adding value I might I might be but again I can't think of that too much I'm just again in this that's thinking see that's where the thinking mind you know when they tell you to meditate and stop thinking and do stuff it's like there did you did you hear what just happened my thinking brain just just kicked in and it was like oh no you're not good enough don't do this okay that's gone so I'll leave it at that and thank you for listening. If you've listened and you would like to hear more or make comments, my Instagram is at Real Duchess Mom and DM me. DM me. That's what they say. That's what all the influencers say. Just shoot me a DM. That's a direct message. So thank you for listening to episode two of Real Duchess Mom Podcast. We'll see you next time. Be well. Ta-ta.